Welcome to Strange Tales from Outer Space! Nice. We actually got that intro fucking down. Bam. You were totally mm. expecting me to say penis, weren't you? <sighs> I was. You still did. Up, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. You can say it now. We say penis during the Welcome show. to Strange Tales from Outer Space, episode 70. My name is Doc, and as always, I have with me my awesome, amazing co-hosts, Krug. And Hi, my name is Krug, and I'm an awesome, amazing co-host. I'm not done. You can't talk over me. Indigo. No, I'm done. John Cena! <laughs> oh my god, I hate that meme. I was going to get the video, and then when, when I, we introduced myself, I was going to play John Cena when Doc started talking. <laughs> I, I got nothing on that one. Look, I don't even know who John Cena is. I still really don't. I just love, I love I just game. love those videos so Were much. You just talking to us about how you were watching... MMA. No, no, MMA. MMA. Not whatever MMA the... is... MMA is very, very different than than, than I wrestling. I swear to God, if you try to liken wrestling to MMA, I will do horrible Who? things to your mangled Who, body. Me or crew? Because crew, I was crew, saying... Crew. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway. It's the same thing. They're people fighting, right? It's the same thing. As always, we bring you the news and views around the planet's nexus every week. Let's start off with our weeks with Indigo. Uh, my week was awesome because I had an entire week off, oh, which consisted of me playing Fallout 4. Nice. And then I was also playing um, Fallout Four. Fallout Four with a nice, healthy uh, round of Hearthstone. Oh, <laughs> I mean, change it up a little bit. It's all right. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, once in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I did that. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, Krug and I actually worked uh, an event together um, called Kenshu, which is an event we do every year where uh, Japanese students come into the U.S. and they spend like a week over here, and we teach them about um, lighting and, and 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 scenic design and stuff like that about how the U.S. does it and. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I always make a ton of, 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 of new friends, and it's, it's a great time. Yeah, for some reason, there are these girls that were calling him Kawaii the whole time. And I'm like, wow, they must... So strange. They speak Japanese. Ah, oh, Indigo-san, Kawaii this yeah, it they was. Must not know. What it, that it, one word it, means. There was an entire group of girls that continue to call me Kawaii, and also no, no joke, no joke. Said that they want to uh, turn me into a teddy bear and take me home with them. <laughs> That's weird. I, I, something I just kind of realized right now is both of our names were immediately preceded by the word senpai, and mm-hmm. I was just like, <laughs> Do you know what senpai nice is, people. right? <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. like master or something. Well, that's, or like teacher or something like that. Right? If only no, no. they knew the truth. No, no, no. They they honestly were saying sensei. Sensei. Oh, I heard senpai every time. Yeah, it was sensei. It's a little bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, they, oh. they, they, they were saying uh, Krug sensei. sensei. He I mean, can't even say, say it. No, yeah, I they, can't. I'm. They said it correctly as opposed to Indigo's, you know. They're also white. I'm just going to point that out to you. Ivory. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. Don't even get me yeah. started. Anyways, Anyways. Uh, Krug, how was your week? My week was good. I did the same thing that Indigo did. A little bit of detail about it, though, since my week was basically boring because I pretty much just played Fallout 4 and there's not really much to say about that except from Fallout 4 is an amazing game. Uh, so I was in an air-conditioned room programming a lighting console. Uh, and basically, not even programming a lighting console, watching them program lighting consoles. And then when they needed help with something, I'd be like, oh, this is how you do it. Burp, burp, burp. Uh, the professor that we were helping, our old uh, theater professor, was in an air-conditioned room teaching, like a lecture, like he does every day of his life, with a book and stuff. And Indigo was outside in the beating sun, loading a truck that was basically made out of splinters. Like, it was so... Yeah, he has a ton of splinters in his hand. Though That's not that's not a bruise, that's not anything like a cut. Those and that's about splinters. half of them that I've already pulled out. 
Yeah. So Ew. I was laughing at him. Like, I come outside and I'm like, man, my feet hurt a little bit. And Indigo's like, Bleh. I <laughs> like zombie mode. And I was just like, it sucks to be you. Uh, so, yeah. That was my week. That and Fallout 4 and Hearthstone. New Hearthstone expansion is really fun. If you haven't played the uh, the adventure, go play it. It's really fun. What about you, Doc? As for myself, uh, I am doing prototypes and talking to uh, people about distributing shirts and making t-shirts. I'm actually wearing one of my prototypes right now. I'm probably going to make some in, in time for like episode 7 to have fun with and whatnot. I watched the fights on Saturday and I loved it. If you watch it, may or follow it. It was bonkers it was fantastic and i'm so glad that rousey got her butt smashed <laughs> oh it was great it was so good yeah krug is what he always talking about so when two people don't like each other they 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 consider those they consider themselves pugilists and they they, they, they duel married? what hello oh my god oh never mind <laughs> other than that my week i did a show in arizona for a friend's band i filled in with them and that was an experience Quick shout out real fast to Endgame Bar and Grill. They're right next to ASU, a walkway away from the ASU computer computer lab. That place is amazing. So we show up after the show. We're supposed to go to Endgame in the first place and ended up missing it. It is probably several hundred square feet, although I could be really exaggerating that. It's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. There's still a good 20 people in there. Tons of screens with everything from the NES. I saw a, I saw a couple playing, taking turns playing Mario Three, to uh, a bunch of Smash players just playing Smash. A few PC gamers in the background playing League, and then a bunch of people at the central bar playing Fallout, uh, Fallout Four, and Black Ops Three. I was in heaven. I was so excited. I was like, it's so good. <laughs> it, oh my! It sounds horrible, but. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Endgame Bar and Grill if you're around the ASU area in Arizona. Go find them on Facebook and friend them. I hear Mewtwo King shows up a lot of there if you're into Smash. It's amazing, an amazing place. Uh, if I ever get a chance to go back to that area, I guarantee you my ass is getting drunk there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not leaving if I don't have to. Anyway. <laughs> that was my week. We're going to go right into the news this week. So, for those of you that don't know... Season 2 is upon us! We have finally beaten Firefly. What? Exactly. Oh! While Star got renewed for its second season. That was horrible. Too soon, dude. Dude, I just... Right there in the heart, right there in the heart. Just let me twist the knife a little bit. Nathan Fillion may not be coming back, but we get brand new rewards and all sorts of stuff. Oh, his drink of sorrows away. <laughs> so first and foremost, there were some issues with season two reward items. People were getting really odd about it. They're like, hey, why do only this top percentage get these kind of awards? You know, people put in all this time and effort. And obviously, you don't have a huge thriving PvP scene. What's going on there? And Carbine took a look at it and they thought about it. And Time Travel said, and I quote, Thanks to the feedback everyone has provided, we've decided to adjust the rewards slightly based on this. Previously, the weapon appearances were restricted to only the top five teams from each region at the end of the season, which were the cool weapons we saw in past weeks. Now, okay. the, now the top five teams will still get those, but they'll get a unique color variant of these weapons. The matching weapon appearances will be added 
to the armor sets that are already available, and players will need to reach a certain rating in order to acquire them, but the appearances will no longer be end-of-season rewards only. These changes will not be present on live when Season 2 begins, only a couple days away of that post, but we'll update the vendors in an upcoming patch to add the cosmetic rewards and weapons. Good luck and happy killing. End quote. So basically, those awesome weapons are no longer just tied to the top five teams. Everyone gets them. If you are in the top five team in PvP by the end of the season, you will get a special variant color, as you know you should because you did a whole bunch of extra work and shows you're ridiculous. So B-Pulse, you know, congratulations on your new weapon already. <laughs> yes, Indigo. Can I not just dye the stuff that color? No. I mean, technically, but by default, you get really cool weapons. You know what? It might even be a unique dye that you don't really see yet in the game. It's possible. can't dye weapons. Oh, yeah, that too. Ha! Huh. Suck it. Just saying. Can't <laughs> Said that from the beginning. So, so. Speaking, of season two, yeah, speaking of season two, uh, here's a few of the cool changes. The ratings are reset. Everyone starts off at the same level. So good luck. Happy killing. Enemies on mounts are now properly tinted. So there was a thing, if you hadn't noticed, if you went to, say, Dra Daggerstone or Warplots, where you just saw a mass, a, a moving cloud of, of graphics and things, if your computer could handle it. Now they figured, you know, if the enemies are tinted themselves, we should probably tint their, you know, hoverboards and mounts, so it doesn't seem like, oh, it's your friend. <laughs> Respawn. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was especially uh, noticeable when somebody would use a Starflinks. Because your character model doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's just a giant Snarflings. Literally, yeah. it disappears. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of difficult to tell. Is that an enemy Snarflings? I mean, it obviously all depends on, like, your nameplate settings and stuff. Like, I, I personally never noticed this because my nameplates are mostly where I look. I don't look at character models. Honestly, for the longest time, I didn't even realize that enemy players were tinted a specific color. So <laughs> Yeah, but you're a spreadsheet boy. You just assume everyone is a hitbox. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so well and I mean I had mine, are, so, I had yeah. mine set to only show enemy hit points if I uh, Right. So yeah, and see like, that's that's something a lot of people do. Like if you're DPS in a PvP round, you can barely make use of, of uh, ally stats. Like if you the only thing that I can imagine you needing to see allied health for is to know when you need to run because all your friends are about to die around you. Yeah. But yes. like if you're in a if you're in a uh, like a coordinated PvP group, you don't need that because then people say we're fucked, run, and then you run. Like it's not <laughs> you're not making that choice by yourself. You're making that choice with a bunch of people. But yeah. here's the thing in PvP, so, yeah, every little split second matters. Because yeah. you may have, you may be so used to training your eyes to seeing bars only, but if that person gets a drop on you by oh that that split second of the hoverboard flipping out or that snarfling's coming in, that's all they need to get just enough of a drop on you to put out mm -hmm. that opening CC or that opening damage. Yeah. So tinting it red like other games like say Counter Strike do or the way we handle it right now in in live, that's a great idea, and I'm glad they, enter, they entered that into the system. On top of that, the prestige cap is now 12,000 prestige, so you don't have to worry about wasting prestige when you get close to that cap. You can still get some of the other items you're looking for. Nice. The Tundra Dome! Yeah! Or I wish they would keep that name. The, the Cryoflex. They're not going to. They're not going to. <sighs> yeah, that, that's a thing now. Yeah. The Cryoflex. It's official. You, you, it's officially not as good as it could be. You, that, that's say... the hill you died on, Carbine. I'm and just saying, we're no. Carbine that's, said they listen, and I oh my said God, I hate this argument so much. And they did Tundra Dome. You say I tomato, you. I say tomato. You say cryoplex, I, I say Tundra Dome. Look, yeah. Yeah. it's it's apples and apples. It's fine. 
Yeah, it's actually <laughs> called the Cryoplex, and it's the new <laughs> PvP arena map, and it's snowy, and it has holes in it, and it's good. We're just going to be whiny about it. Just like it. your argument? Hey! No. What? I didn't make an <laughs> argument. You're the one who made me... <laughs> Now, this is going to take a little bit of ex- explanation, so bear with me just a moment while I have this load up because I forgot to load up while I was doing this whole thing. So there's actually an increase in participation and winning experience in the new Battlegrounds. So more specifically, in where to go? Oh, I've lost Daggerstone it! Pass, Daggerstone Pass, Pass, Halls of the Bloodsworn, and Holotiki Temple. You're actually going to get more experience. Let me break this down. And Daggerstone Pass, you're going to get more prestige earned by winning by 157%, an odd number. And you're going to get 140% more prestige by just participating in it. And the experience you get gets up by almost 100%, 92%. And you get a 61% bonus just by showing up in Daggerstone. Obviously, bombs will now properly disappear after exploding because that kind of happens occasionally. And in Halls of Bloodsworn and Wallatiki Temple, something similar has happened. You know, Halls of the Bloodsworn, just by showing up, you get a 35% boost as well as winning. And the prestige might you get gets up by like 12%. 12%. They've obviously still taken out the whole uh, cap thing. So you can't just like form caps anymore. You actually have to show but up I, and like show I, out. Yeah, I, I think this is their their kind of like idea. Because before they kind of just patched it and says, you don't, you, you don't get any bonuses. Yeah. So I think now they're like, all right, well, you clearly are going to have to cap points to win. So if you actually do the objective, you're going to get even more points. Yes. So I think this is kind of their their plan to make up for removing the cap. Uh, well, also, if you throw in contracts that go into PvP, and you yep. also get into the fact that they're adjusting it, also people are using uh, flasks for PvE leveling, people have been saying, hey, it seems that it's a little slower than average right now to level in PvP, and some people would prefer that. So this is kind of their, okay, cool, we'll give you guys a boost. Give this a shot. See what you think. Give us feedback on it. I, I seriously wish that there were contracts uh, as you level up. That would be nice. Be like super it, nice. It, it doesn't make sense to me that contracts are only for level fifty. It's like, hey, guess what? You've worked your ass off all the way to get to fifty. Now you get to do dailies a lot Yay! over and over again. I feel like we're being really cynical Wait. right now. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that if you if you are if you're leveling and you get contracts, like maybe you, maybe there's like a lower level contracts section that you can go to that doesn't cause you to have to go after world bosses or something like that. I think it would be helpful for the game because people would one be able to level quicker because they'd be getting the additional experience. They'd be able to start uh, gaining the 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 rewards on that, and I I think it would be very interesting to add especially it will add more people willing to play pvp or do pve um things while leveling you know do a dungeon all right i'll do a dungeon like it just adds random incentive to people yeah that's not that's not totally out of the ordinary or out of uh, the realm of possibility because it does seem like um leveling dungeons for me were really hit or miss like sometimes they'd insta queue or i'd insta queue into one and sometimes i would wait for a long time while trying to find a leveling dungeon um, and this is after, uh, like a substantial time after free to play. So it, it wasn't like massive, like influx of people that are still here and they're all trying to level and they're all yeah. exploring the new content. Like a bit after that, it was like, yeah, leveling dungeons are not really, I, I wasn't really able to get them very reliably, which I was kind of surprised about actually. Uh, and I definitely think that would help a lot with the, the whole leveling dungeon thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are some of the stuff PvP Season 2. There are other patch notes we're going to go over soon enough, but we wanted to go over a few more things as well. 
So for those of you that don't know, a few months back, we realized roughly it's the same time as the rumors of the free-to-play happening. Yeah. There's a site called steamdb.info. And what they kind of do is they keep track of what's coming in, what's coming out, what's showing up on Steam. It's kind of like an early warning system. And we got word of like, hey, uh, Carbine and NCSoft are putting Wildstar on Steam. On Steam? Is database correct? Nothing's really materialized at that at this point, but there was an update about a day or two ago, and the Steam DB has changed. So here's the only information we know about this thing so far. They've changed the billing type of Wildstar to Steam to free on demand. It's a license type of single purchase. It's available as a status, but you're not allowed to region trade or gift it. Now the odd part is number three, the status. This thing ain't available yet on Steam. You have to buy it from Carbine, to buy it from NCSoft, and then you download it and play it. People have been asking for a Steam for a Steam version of Wildstar for a while. I don't know. I mean, I could assume why. I just have been so used to just buying it directly from them or downloading it directly from them that this is doesn't really bother me too much. But apparently, it's still really wanted. What do you guys say about this? Well, well I, I think adding it to Steam is just going to increase the player base because. Uh, okay. uh, you know what I mean? Like, think of it this way. How many Steam people, like, just surf the shop? Like, I, I know I do on a regular basis. Okay. And so my um, – and how many people have Steam? You know, the thing is, is that by adding it into Steam, what they're doing is they're basically creating a huge marketing place for them that's going to allow them to get these downloads and get these additional players into the game that – may not have heard of the game or didn't know that it was free to play or, you know, just don't keep up with this, the gaming genre. They keep up with first person shooters and they go, oh, wow, this is cool. This is similar. I can play a spell slinger. You know, this just adds additional players. Now in chat, they, there's a rumor saying that it might come pre-installed on Steam boxes. Uh, Steam boxes is a discussion for another time, but why is it taking so long for this to show up on Steam? Why isn't it so just I show up already? Say- I will say, so I'm going through the change log, and you can see, like, six months ago, it said, added name, Wildstar, uh, in the change log. And then 12 days ago, it says, added name, test app, 37-19-20. So it changed its name from Wildstar to something else. I don't know why that was, but, or what that means, but that happened. It's still got the same ID. It's the thing that I haven't, I haven't seen mentioned yet. Yeah, that's, that's the change log for that one. Yeah, just ID, the name. Yeah, but it's still the same ID they showed up with. It potentially, it's still Wildstar. They're saying it's it, it might potentially be the same game. I'm. I mean, isn't Elder Scrolls on? How many other games are on Steam right now? Like other MMOs? There's a few of them, oh, right? Like Champions uh, or a bunch. Yeah. It's a bunch. There's a bunch of free to play yeah. MMOs. On I. I've, it's not uncommon. So I mean, it, we might see it. We might not. Like I, I'm not putting too much stock in. How about we I've just never... release it already? Unless they're gonna add Steam. Steam. Yeah, unless they're gonna have like Steam achievements for it. Then in that case, what's taking so long, guys? Let me let me just call Donatello. Hey, hey, buddy, how's it going? Oh, let me. Yeah, let I me, can hear you through my headphones. Let, let me go. Let me go call Tony. 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 Oh, that's two today. <laughs> that is two. You're a horrible person. You're actually a horrible person. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hell in a handbasket, and you're all coming Hello? with me. Tony. Yeah. 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 I'll tell him to go fuck himself. Okay. The best uh, part is that, that exchange has actually happened. <laughs> true anyway that's the steam id update yeah you're right the name has changed but i don't don't know what carbines or ncsoft is doing with this with this game right now so who knows just wanted to keep it up there for everybody i was still interested 
There's also yeah, one yeah. more deal. They actually Carbine came out. I, I, hold on, really yeah. quick from chat, really quick. Uh, Zarizen, if it was released on Steam today, all the servers would violently implode. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I don't I'd think be super okay with that. Can handle the Steam people being like, yeah, I'll give that a shot. It, and it, then, it's like and then, and the then people hub. popping in, people pop. Yeah, exactly. It's when, the Reddit. When somebody posts a link on Reddit, and everybody in Reddit's just like, yeah, I'll click on that. And then the server just, no, we're yeah. not ready for that. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. It, especially because we've been having so many server issues. Like, Maybe that's why they're not releasing it on Steam. True. Honestly, if that's the reasoning, that's fucking good. Uh, good you put it that way. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Here we go. So the next bit of business is officially they've released a rundown of the Wild Star World bosses. Now, for those of you that don't know... These guys are going to be random, not really random, but they're big bads in most of the level zones that'll give out some kind of really awesome loot and reward you cannot get anywhere else. And they used to be tied to attunement, but now they really are supposed to be just super challenging fights for raid-sized groups to take down. Those of you that will go over the quick list, I mean, most of them haven't changed. You still have Metal Mon, Daradune. You have Dream Spore and Elevar. You have Kragar and Algarok, which is probably one of my favorites. Kragar's really fun. Dude. Yeah, Kragar's super Kragar. fun. <laughs> Grendelis, the Guardian, shows up in Celestion. King Honeygrave, that son of a bitch, is still around in Aurora. Uh, King yeah. Plush is a brand new one. We saw that on Strange Tales. We tried to do it before with time travel. It didn't quite work. Yep. He has usurped a Doomthorn in Galaros. Metal Maw Prime resurrects himself in Whitevale. Mechathorn takes over the Defense Protocol unit in Farside. Zoetic, that asshole, is still there. Will the run? Zoetic isn't that hard. I have issues with him. We did him. Zoetic in like two tries with Black Daggers. I have issues with him. We, we, we two, two shot him. Anyway. Not, I mean, not two shot him. There is another new boss added to the world boss roster, and that is Gargantua in the Defile, which he's essentially, he was a world boss anyway. And Scorchwing, the Daily Scorchwing report is he did. And he's still there in Blighthaven. <laughs> and the best part is, is that, like we said before, you can access them with terminals. You have to get these icons that you uh, pretend are access particles by killing five-man group content. So once you're done with that, you don't get any, you do not get them from Dungeons and Adventures. So just a heads up. Once you get like what seventy-ish of them, you can summon 75. them seventy-five. You can summon them with a terminal or wait like twenty-four hours. We already know all this, but it's good to know for more recent players. The best part is, if you are a recent player or you just kind of forgot. A lot of the world bosses have now showed up as contract kills, not just Scorchwing. I just saw, I believe, Doomthorn today. I saw a few others as well. They are inside the Tier 3 contract rotating list of contracts. So give that a shot. It's really, really fun stuff. Like, I mean, honestly, what are your guys' favorite fights of all these all these world bosses? Gargantua's great. So the reason we like him so much, and this is, I'll, I'll scroll up to find his photo. Gargantua? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just okay. The thing, so that, yeah. I'm sorry, Kragar. 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 I'm talking about Kragar. Wrong name. Uh, Kragar is really fun because so you wipe with him really frequently because he basically has the largest AOE one shot that I've ever seen in Wildstar. Uh, not in raids because I haven't raided, but outside of raids, largest AOE one shot that I've seen in Wildstar. Uh, and it's really difficult to protect from. Like you pretty much just have to not be in it. Like that's that's kind of the the be all end all of it. But so you you'll die. You'll spawn at the nearest hollow crypt, which is maybe ten feet away. And you'll walk back and jump right into the fight again. So as long as you don't completely wipe, you're fine. And, Which and I think is well, no, the best part for Kragar is that the his body. And at some yeah, point, we realized we couldn't survive. And so we were just like, 
throwing just bodies at throw him. bodies at him and we just kept going as they break upon wave after wave of bodies break upon him so honestly metal mob is really one of the easiest ones you could do metal mob prime yes. is really hectic but fun as well that one you see a lot happen but oh robo robo metal mob yeah Oh, yeah, he's... he's No, you. Oh, <laughs> I am at a robot. Oh, man, come on, at t <laughs> No, you're fine now, you're fine Don't now. fuck you're me now. now. Anyway, Metal Mob Prime is also really fun to do. Kragar, again, is probably my, my clutch for the favorite. I mean, dude, I mean, Scorchwing's cool, but he gets so just bombarded, I've kind of become desensitized to him. Everyone forgets about Zoetic and Gargantua. No one ever goes to the far side to do, Doom, to do Mechathorn, uh, but that makes him an interesting fight because of that. King Honeygrave, I don't know if he's still bugged, but because he was bugged for so long, he can go suck a big fat <laughs> uh, just stinger in, in rightness right in his face. Grendelis <laughs> is kind of a pushover. Same with Dream Spore. And the only one I have not personally tried yet is Doom, uh, King Plush. And I hear yeah. he's fun. Yeah, I hear he's really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. Moose, Moose got to do, uh, do that fight today. Moose got to do him today. Violet! Penis. <laughs> That's how we recover, guys. Let's move on to the next little bit. Oh my god, that was so bad. Sweet Jesus, that was bad. Anyway, <laughs> we're going into the patch notes. Wild Weave has been really good about keeping up the patch notes for the game. These are all live, so keep that in mind. There are a bunch of stuff with cinematic fixes and general fixes about loot bags and a few and one or few one or two things about raids. But typically, when we go over class stuff in Strange Tales from Outer Earth, patch notes stuff from Strange Tales Matter Space, we like to go over the classes. And we don't go over specific numbers for the most part. We kind of give you an overview of what to expect for the class and what may or may not change for them. So I'm going to go take over the engineer stuff real fast. So if you use Unstable Anomaly, you may have noticed that the heal debuff and shield overload may not have worked properly before. Now any target in the splash radius will get that heal debuff and that shield overload, which will really help. And they fix the telegraph to make sure it shows up properly. This is something you really see more in PvP, Unstable Anomaly, because sure. that, that heal that heal debuff and shield overload will really, really be helpful for your group. As well as Volatile Injection, the personal Tier 4 and Tier 8 buffs, uh, they they kind of got overwritten by another, by another ally's Volatile Injection. That should be, not be the case anymore. It'll be fixed up. It's, that's a cool more quality of life thing. Yeah. So, Krug, what about Esper's? So Esper's uh, Illusionary Blades got slightly buffed damage-wise, like 1% to 2% per uh, rank per tier. Like the, uh, the tier bonus, Right, but the tier bonus was uh, reduced a little bit, so that kind of balanced out. Uh, Telekinetic Strike got quite a boost, though. Uh, for tier 4, the damage bonus was increased to 34% from 50. It was doubled. Yeah, that's bananas. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, and then as for amps, uh, they revised build-up to function more consistently, i.e., Additional heals applies uh, upon reaching three stacks. And the, the heal amount was increased uh, to 20%, up from 14%. And they fixed a bug, apparently, that prevented multiple allies from receiving a stack. Um, Weird. Okay. Uh, I don't think I used build-up, so... I mean, honestly, the only big change right there is the Telekinetic Strike Tier 4 bonus. Doubling in damage on a builder? On, like, a basic builder? Doubling in damage... The damage increase for Tier 4. Yeah. So it's not doubling in damage. Sorry. Doubling the, in the damage increase, increase for tier four. Yeah. Yeah. Doubling in damage is completely different. <laughs> yeah. Ignore my wor and wording was not specific enough there. That would be bananas. Either uh, way, I guess Esper I'll, suck. Yeah. I guess I'll, I will uh, hop into Medic too because uh, Medic's are great. 
so Crisis Wave, the tier 8 now grants a beacon for 4 seconds, and the beacon increases incoming healing by 10%. That's great. There's always been kind of a missing link for why Crisis Wave was important. Now if you use it as your, like, burst heal in PvP, or in, uh, in content, doesn't matter, PvP, PvE, uh, that healing buff, that 10% healing buff, makes it kind of worth it because now after you crisis wave it'll be a lot easier for you to emission spam spam someone to keep them up after crisis waving them uh it's it's not always been the most focus efficient and it's kind of a slow cast so nobody really uses it that often but this might change that but we'll see what the theory crafter number cruncher guys have to say about it uh flash tier eight now restores an additional shield it restores additional shield when at zero actuators instead of additional health that's an interesting change uh, medics are known for shield healing, but I'm not entirely sure how much shield it restores. I guess we'll have to go in and take a look at that because um, that that whole change is going to be dependent on what that number actually is. If it's the same amount as the health, that's probably going to be really strong. Well, it's going to be something that's uh, useful for escaping because if you think about it, you're going to blow all your actuators through most fights anyway. And if, say, you're saying PvP, you're on a boss fight, having that extra shield to take incoming damage when you're trying to escape... It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely depends on what that number is. I, I don't know if they changed the number because they changed it from health healing to shield healing. That that bonus, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, shield surge tier four increases maximum shield capacity by fifty percent for six seconds. I want to see how that plays out. Uh, I've never really used Shield Surge, even though it's been really strong in the medic meta for quite a while, especially closer to the beginning. It was really, really prevalent in the medic meta. And still in PvP, I see medics use it all the time. Um, but it never really felt like a good ability. Like, it did, I just didn't like the way it felt when I used it. So I don't, that's not, I don't make my min-maxi choices because I'm a min-maxer. I just play what feels good to me. Uh, but that is very strong, it seems like. Uh, its cast time was also reduced to 0.75 seconds. I think it was one second before, but I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to check on that. Faster, uh, stronger. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty substantial buff for, for Shield Surge. Um, triage, Tier 4, increased charge count to 3. Uh, that means that it, you need to cast it three times in order to gain an actuator from it, from what I understand. Uh, the base global cooldown was reduced to 0.5 seconds and now has two, and now the cast has two charges. So the the ability has two charges and, uh, tier eight gain in efficiency for four seconds. Efficiency reduces focus costs by 20 focus costs by 25%. So that sounds like it reduces all focus costs for the medic across the board. Um, this might be the buff that triage needed to be a viable ability. Uh, I kind of want to go check this out too. Because, oops, I just moved the screen. Uh, because um, it, it, that, that seems really strong now. That seems a lot more viable than what it was before, which was uh, this ability targets somebody. It's supposed <laughs> to be the person with the, highest, with the lowest health, but it never is. And then they kind of fixed the AI, but they didn't buff the ability, and, uh, and it kind of sat in shittiness. So I, I want to try that. that that's a, I think that's a good step for that class. Uh, amps really quick. Armor coating. Now procs off multi-heal. Cool. Thanks for fixing that. Uh, shield heal is reduced uh, for hypercharge. Sorry, shield heal is reduced to fifty-one percent support power and thirty-three point one four per level. Uh, that's up down substantially from eighty-eight percent and fifty-seven point one five. Numbers. Uh, yeah, numbers. Um, and your direct shield heals grant immunity to overload for three seconds. Oh, that's cool. That's that's good because the medic's bread and butter at launch was going to be they can heal shields, but now. Or they can interact with shields, basically, instead of just like, I'm a character, I can damage shields. Medics were supposed to have the overload. Medics were supposed to have the shield healing. Medics were supposed to be the shield class. But kind of every character ended up getting an overload. The fact that as a medic, I can make you immune to overload gives me my little, like, 
my niche thing back. Sure. I, I, like, I think it's a powerful ability. I think it adds to their uniqueness. I think that's a lot of good things in that update. And uh, reboot, additional shield restore, now triggers off of all direct shield heals. I think it was only critical shield heals before, or critical heals before, I think. Not sure. Uh, you can check on that if you're interested. Uh, and the combat log now prints a unique line for reboot. All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks. I don't use the <laughs> I'm sure that helps. I'm sure that helps people that make add make add-ons, but I I don't read. I don't. It doesn't affect me. So, so <laughs> Spellslinger. Doxter. There's a few minor changes done to Spellslinger's regenerative pulse. Got a bit of a tweak. It'll evaluate the caster as a valid target, so it's actually really nice considering you don't have direct heals for yourself. Having the ability to, you know, keep yourself alive, to keep a team alive is always great. And it no longer heals pets, because why would it ever have in the first place? <laughs> Vitality Burst, I've long seen a lot of people... When you're bored? Exactly. Oh, the tank's not taking damage, I'll heal the pet. Oh god, the pet's dying! <laughs> not anymore, your pet is dead. Uh, so Vitality Burst, a lot of people have used. I like it a lot as well. It does have three charges, obviously. It takes longer to charge, you get a more powerful heal from it. But the cooldown increase, the longer you use it. So part of it, the thing that people would do with Spellslingers, they would do quick charge ones. Like, bing, 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 bing. They would just quickly shut it off to get the nil uh, cooldown time or something as possible. That way they can constantly be healing and take just tiny little bits out of their focus pool. Because if you haven't known, Spellslingers are very focus intensive compared to the other classes. So anything, mm -hmm. that can, anything that can give them a slight edge, that'll help. Unfortunately, Charge 1's base heal got reduced in support power and per level. It also has, but its tier upgrade actually did get increased, or actually and reduced as well. Sorry, I take that back. Charge 1 of Vitality Burst just kind of got all around weaker. Charge 2 actually gets a little better as well as Charge 3. Both their costs are reduced by a significant amount, 25 and 30, 33% respectively. And the cooldown gets cut in half. So if you go to Charge 2 in Vitality Burst, it's now 2 seconds. And Charge 3 has a 4 second cooldown. So the idea is they want Spellslingers to be less dependent on just spamming the Daylights, ever-living Daylights, out of the key that you have Vitality Burst on. And they want you to be a little more uh, active with your, your cooldowns and put that kind of in the rotation between your shields and your runes and your, your heals. They don't, they don't want to be just this uber spammy ability that just constantly is being used. Sure. And that's it for Spellslingers, really. And to go. Uh, okay, so Stalker's got some really interesting stuff. So Amplification Spike reduced the time from 6 seconds to 5, whatever. Uh, let's see. Nano uh, Darts uh, Tier 4 reduces the cooldown of Nano uh, Virus uh, by 2 seconds when used. Okay, you're getting to do things more often. I guess that's cool. Uh, the nanovirus increases damage uh, a little bit. Uh, change the mark mechanics to damage over time. Okay, uh, the, the, not really spectacular. But the, the thing that I actually like is Steadfast. So Steadfast uh, now grants 100% chance to reflect incoming damage for 1.5 seconds uh, plus 1% point no i'm sorry plus 0.125 seconds uh per tier this buff is removed if stunned or knocked down which is not really a change uh now starts with two ability charges uh and regain re regenerates charges every 30 seconds so normally you just get the one you get the one and you use it and wait until the cooldown but now you're actually going to get two which is really nice for tanks because that was that was something I used a lot as a tank. Is oh my god, a huge fucking thing that's gonna come my way. There's no way I'm gonna dodge it, or there's no I have to take this because I have to 
uh, focus the damage this way so that the rest of the party can stay out of the damage. I can hit steadfast, not take the damage. Now I can use it more often, and then they're also increasing the charges at tier four. Uh, you get all you get both of them every thirty seconds, which is awesome. Which is uh, nice because now when I scream Indigo, stop taking damage, you can actually stop taking damage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I, I think they were more looking uh, actually to looking across all of these these changes. They were really focusing on uh, t- uh, stalker tanks, in my opinion. Uh, everyone knows that stalker tanks are kind of a problem right now. Not not in a good way, like they're fucking OP and really amazing, but like kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I I think this means that they're actually looking at stalker tanks, and it might be a viable tanking position again. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that's pretty much it for uh, for stalkers. Yeah, and there's nothing really for warriors. So hey, warriors, you're in a good spot right now. <laughs> yeah, you're amazing, warriors. You know when no change. You are need to totally be average. Good job. <laughs> Honestly, the only major change in these patch notes that would concern other players is going to be into the dungeons and one specifically for us because we don't talk about Skullcano. Skullcano got some changes. Oh yeah? Is so it working easier? So we're talking about Skullcano. <laughs> I don't know if easy is the word for it. I mean, honestly, that dungeon is super fun and challenging up to the very end and if you've ever seen our live streams, you will see how good of the group we get regardless of the combo <laughs> and then just get murdered. Yep. Murdered. We're not good at the last encounter in Skull King. So here's the changes. Those the those molten gold pools that get shot out, they're yeah. going to be slower in coming down. And they're going to have more accurate telegraphs. So uh, eventually you would see in our strength, people would be like, I'm stuck. How did I get hit? God damn, how did I get hit by those stupid pools? And all of a sudden they're dead. They're going to have a better fitting telegraph on them. See, you see them better. And thank whatever maker... Someone said, maybe they're a little too close together, guys. We should probably space them out a little bit. So not only are they a little slower getting down no, there, they're going to look no, like they're supposed to be fitting on. and they're more spaced out for. So did it no, just get that, easier? Just, no, come on, stop that. I didn't think they were too close together. No, they were pretty damn close. That's bullpucky. There were times where we had to like hug the very edge, and I've seen people fall yeah. off into the, into the center. do it. That's how you do it. So it's a little... I don't like it. I am not testing this out for a while. (laughs) I'm sorry, time travel. Go test this out. Tell us how it feels, because we've beaten it. We're never going back. Exactly. (laughs) We've already done all this. I have a ready ready character. So time travel sucks. (laughs) And I know in in chat, some people were like, this is way too easy now. I don't know if they actually played it or not. People were like, oh, thank God. Because honestly, those know how like spaced out could mean like instead of three pixels, it's four pixels. That's true. Yeah, we... I'm like, good job, Carbine. That didn't do. And here's the thing: shit. if you have low latency, <laughs> Skullcano is not that bad on Mordecai. But if you have issues with your provider or your location, those lasers and those pools are god awful. I mean, just case mm. in point, this is not a, a, a dig on anybody's personal skill. I know Fussbot has had issues with them in the past, and she would run with us whether on stream or off stream. Stream. And if she be, she would know, like, yeah, I dodged this. Why am I still hit by this? God damn it, why am I still hit those lasers? And I, I hope these changes are enough where she can, like, not have to... She, she's I, really good at this. But those fucking pools, man. And those lasers. So I'm, I'm well, hoping it, it's a, a good it, enough change where it's not a massive headache for people like that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we would have to see what the spread difference is. I think is that's really what's going to matter because I agree with Doc. A lot of the time we were just right on the edge because that was the only safe spot because they couldn't make the golden pools like go over the the edge. So that was the only safe spot to, to actually like get a clear path because if you go anywhere other than the closest area, you're ending up having to run all the way out or all the way over. It, it just it wasn't fun. Like that was my my big problem. And these are coming from guys who love challenging stuff. It oh, became yeah. obnoxious. It was not fun when anymore. It, when it took us an hour on the last boss because of a jumpy puzzle, I, like that's a problem. Granted, if you're <laughs> a kind of remember player, back in the days where you had to walk from the very beginning of the last act to oh. the very end of the last act every time you died. Oh. Remember those days, guys. Oh. <laughs> Those are good times. <laughs> now, granted, some players listening to this going right now, all I hear is, Wah! oh, well. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> people that are actually good at Wild Strike? Yeah. Probably. K- kudos probably for you. Well, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take your criticism. So let's move on to the strange tales from the community. Now, I've become a really fun, a really avid fan of Neo Shadow Zack on, on YouTube. He's done what I really wish people would do for this game's lore. And obviously, we get a ton of it. But none of it's... It's all in pieces and fractions. You have to piece it together on your own. Yeah. And what Neo's Shadow Zack has done is he's pieced it all together on his own. So last time it was the Elden. This time he keeps a fitting theme and moves on to the Cassian lore. And it goes from their conception. It goes a little bit into the, their religion. It goes a little bit onto the offshoot that created the Exile humans. And how they kind of... And any notable exceptions on the Highborns, bo- high Lowborns. And how they've actually helped shape cosmic history throughout their entire thing. How they first came in contact with the Makari, how they were the progenitors of the Shades Eve event that we we celebrate this year and future years. So that's something really, really fun. It's about 10 minutes, so it's got a ton of lore in there. It streamlines everything. Go check it out. And speaking of lore, Loragedon returns with a vengeance. (laughs) Production values. (laughs) I mean, we don't have fancy... The sound things like Wildcast we make do. <laughs> so more specific, even Quarter Up has fancy sound things that we don't have, and we and we and produce both those shows. What are we doing? I blame Krug for this. Oh, okay, yeah, I blame Krug too. <laughs> Krug, more explosions. <laughs> there we go. So we are talking about two central lore figures, Axis Phaedra and Avra Darkos. <laughs> for those of you, you may have run into them several times. Avra Darkos is a Mordesh who runs the. Black sh- Black Hoods, sorry. Oof, I almost forgot about that. And it actually gives more insight on who she is and why she's called the Widow or the Widowmaker, as well as Axis Phaedra, who we've seen since the beginning, if you play the tutorials in this game. And she's been kind of this somewhat enigmatic figure. And you get a little more information about her in Omnicore 1, but what it really does is this fleshes out these two characters. And I didn't really see any other world-style lore, so I'm really cool with Lormageddon being another outside source that... Isn't so much exclusive lore, maybe a little bit here and there. It's more mostly supplemental mm-hmm. material, but it fleshes out these characters. You'll still learn about them in game and see who they are and what they do. But Lormageddon really ties up little loose ends and like, why is this person doing this? And why is this person doing this when it doesn't pertain to the main story? So go check it out, Lormageddon. Most interesting thing on the page is on the first paragraph, she's 2,300 years old. That's bananas. Yeah, well, this whole game takes millennia. People forget about that. Like, I mean, honestly, people think that uh, the, like, here I'm going into lore a bit, they're like, oh, you know, we just got to Nexus, and they just, like, had technology, and they popped up Thade and Ilium. 
No, actually, Fade and Ilium have been set up for several generations from according to lore. Your character is just kind of the new batch that comes in. And even then, the, the, the Civil War that led to the Exile Humans breaking off, this is millennia. This is tons of generations. I mean, Brightland is a descendant of the Brightland who broke off and they became the Exile Humans. But this, all this stuff that's happening, people kind of assume it's like, oh, it takes place over maybe 20, 30 years, like World of Warcraft. No, Axis Phaedra has been there since the beginning. And she's almost 3,000 years old. That kind of proves already that the storyline that we keep thinking about, we keep keep heaping bro brought up in Wildstar, is really three thousand years roughly in the making. Like that actually gives us some insight on the Elden as well. Like they've been gone for roughly three thousand years. They are legitimately myth and legend, which is what makes Nexus so appealing and the reason why we're even there in the first place. This is like finding out you wake up tomorrow morning and you see a thunderbolt come down from the sky and Zeus is sitting there. Like, transforming into a goat while he has relations with your mother. And you're like, wait, what? Why is Zeus real? What the fuck is wrong with you today, dude? What the <laughs> actual is, fuck is wrong is, with you today? That is exactly... You're such a shitty person <laughs> all the time. What the fuck? I'm not a shitty person. This is how ridiculous this is. The idea of this planet even existing is that... Is that preposterous? It's fucking golden. <laughs> that was great. Doc, no, I give... Uh, I, I disagree with Krug on this one. That was fucking perfect. <laughs> I hate you so much. That was great. That Look, was so that that's how preposterous the storyline in this game is. That's literally how preposterous this is. And Axis Phaedra has been there from the beginning. Even she doesn't know everything. So just yeah. keep that in mind when you're going through this game. It's a long time coming. So uh, we're going to go move on with my Greek pantheon love making aside. <laughs> <laughs> and give everybody a heads up. So about roughly, like what, about a week ago or so, Wildstar subreddit put a call out to the PvE and the PvP guides and the community guides. They said, hey, we are looking to bring together a bunch of guides for PvE and for PvP. They didn't really quite break it down as much, and it's not only like one specific end-all, be-all kind of build. If you don't really get a chance to go to Wildstar builds, you don't care about it, or if you don't really look at the, the elite stuff from Enigma... People are trying to like throw together their ideas. So they're really, really, really looking for PvP guides. Right now, B-Pulse showed up with his Engineer DPS guide as well as his Esper DPS guide. Uh, there are two other characters that are two other uh, users that brought together some medic guides. And Shackleberry brought some stalker stuff in as well as another experimental core fill-in kind of uh, vibe. They're still looking for Esper healers, medic healers, spell slayer, DPS, and heals. All that kind of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. And even guides that are more arena-specific as well. Because what you're going to use in arenas is much different from what you're going to use from RBGs. So if you have been playing a lot of Wildstar PvP lately, or you just kind of want to see, you know, this is the beginning of my build, let's go work through this and find what really works for characters. We're not looking for the min-max date, we're just looking for different opinions. Go to this link, go read about it if you're not a PvPer, and go contribute if you are. So that's something to think about. It's, it's great. Yeah. I always love these crowdsourced, like, help people understand the meta things because it, it, metas in general are kind of, like, a necessity in games, but also kind of, like, having a super complicated meta, like most MMOs do, is obviously very detrimental to the player base because you have to, like, research and understand it in order to be viable. And then you don't, because you don't realize you have to, and then you, you know, suck, and then you get bored. And <laughs> well, and they're also like always evolving. like this where... 
yeah, having places like this where play, people can go and get like up to date information on the meta. That's the other thing. Like you can go like Wildstar meta and get like season one info, and you're like, oh well, and this isn't viable anymore. So like having a place to go that can keep you up to date on the meta is really important for I think any game. And the community like crowdsourcing nature of this one I think makes it really nice. Yeah, so definitely go check that out. Please go. Uh, please do a tribute if you can. They also do say that they have the PVE guide somewhere in here on the helpful link side of the subreddit. Just contribute, you know, or just read about it, see it evolve, have fun with it. So we want to give a really big shout out to the community and specifically two people in general, Clover and Jazzy. You've heard those names before. They've both been on STOS. They've both been on other things like Geeks of Nexus and Wildcast. They are phenomenal women that have put together some great stuff for them. And they said, hey... We love pets, we love dyes, we love other awesome, cool, collectible stuff. Let's put it all together and help it help make it easier for you. Like, you've seen this on Warcraft sites, like Warcraft and Pet Guide. Wildstar Data Cube, and we've told, talked about it before, is finally officially live and launched. Yep. Basically, what this is, is a lore collection and item collection guide. We're talking about pets, mounts, dyes, and toys. So all those things, you see people have the, like, blimps running around them. We want to figure out where the Gimpacabra is which is not the actual name for the Gimpacabra. If I'm not mistaken, the name is like the Elite Darkspur Champacabra. Darkspur Elite. Yeah, you had those two words Yeah, back. it's a Gimpacabra. That's yeah. that's really what it is. And it's super cool and I want it. They, they actually tell you, you know, whether it's going to be a reward, a cosmic reward pet like the Little Beast, or if it's going to be something you get from quests, or if it's going to be something that's no longer available. And they even have little flavor text like the Lop, quote, we're not sure what it means when you're keeping sentient beings as pets. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather have a lop class to erase just saying Carmine. What lost spell singers now really badly. Anyway, go check that out. They even I, even stuff I didn't realize. Like I didn't realize that Chua Enhanced Pumera, Pumera is actually not longer available. It was only available for a limited time through time gated stuff, kind of like the fezes we all got in headgear. They did the same thing with items. They did the same thing with with lore. They're still working on that. They also have player resource guides like Red Velvet Ninjas, Wildstar Base. I think they're called Early Game now. Jabbit Hole. Because, uh, honestly, guys, just go check it out. It's great. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not shilling it because, oh, we're also in the podcast section. It just legitimately is another bit of the community that we would love to just promote and, and help it. Yeah, goes. I mean, I don't know if this is something that will offend people, but I guess full disclosure, we host this site. Oh, yeah, full disclosure is always great. The, the site is hosted by me and Indigo. We pay for the hosting. Resetties! Uh, Resetties! There's... Yeah, Clover has complete control over it. We take we, no, we, we don't we do we take no ownership of this. All this work is a hundred percent her, hundred percent jazzy. Yeah. I think uh, there are uh, there are a bunch of content creators involved with it. We are not involved with it, so uh, we just all gave it props home. to them for getting stuff done. We just wanted to give them a place to host it. We already had hosting, so we just offered them a spot. That's it. That's if if that makes you angry, if that doesn't make you angry, if that makes you angry, I really don't know why. We're just trying to help our friends. And you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I guess if that makes you angry, you could probably go fuck yourself. But don't, be don't, uh, don't besmirch them because you don't like us. Yes. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they are fantastic. They do their research. <laughs> they, they know what they're talking about. So go check out Wildstar. Even in the About Us, something that says that we host them. Yeah, see? Full disclosure is already there. I moved the window Boom. again because I keep forgetting these aren't locked. <laughs> uh, but anyways, wonderful site. Go check it out. Now, as we get close uh, to the end of today's show, I really wanted to do a shout-out to a character in game. I saw this happen on, on Reddit. Now, there is a specific thing in PvP where you, you they call it obliterated. And you actually have titles. You have, like, the thrashed and whatever else. And the amount of people you have to murder... And 
vi- like eviscerate and, and vivisize and dissect and eviscerate and slice and dice it's through. Eviscerate twice. It's it's because that's because how times. that's how brutal you have to be. And, ruin the and Fight Club mm-hmm. shit everywhere. Anyway, Nguyen Trilini was able to get the assassin, and literally that means they've killed off twenty five thousand players. Well, it means they've killed off 10,000 players. Sorry, 10,000. They have killed off 25,000 players. Yes. Uh, because that's their progress towards the next rank, which is obliterated. Yes. Uh, I don't know how many people have this, but when I saw this, I was like, damn, you killed 25,000 people in PvP. You're fucking bananas. Also, he's a warrior, so I'm then like... What, and sense. it excludes arenas. Yeah. just and he, So it's only PvP and world PvP. So just hats off. That's right. It's a new one, really. That's fucking amazeballs. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. we have a little bit of time. I, I I wanted to mention something that kind of bugged me, and I was hoping you guys are okay with it. Okay. Uh, so um, there was some announcements this week about the uh, limited time mounts. My little pony, my little pony. Oh my God! Moose made a video with the cash shop update, and when it showed the little pink pony. Uh, he started playing the My Little Pony song, and I literally fell on the floor laughing. Heads up, for you that don't know, there are two new items on the cash shop. They are the Strange Snarflings and the My Little Pony Equivar. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> that, but that should be the name. if I'm not mistaken, they're tied to a current uh, PvP weekend happening right now that ends tonight as of the end of this recording, like towards the end of the night. Continue. So uh, you can purchase these things with cash shop money moolah for a limited time for fifteen dollars equivalent yeah equivalent of fifteen dollars uh and in in it's a limited time offer it's single person use it's fifteen dollars like i i'm having a really hard time with the cash shop right now because uh, the first round of cash shop stuff went out, and we started screaming, "Guys, this! The, no, 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 no! Hey, hey, guys! This is this is this is a bad idea. Like, you guys need to make these mounts if we're gonna if we're gonna buy these things. We're gonna spend real money on this. It's got to be multi multi you know multi at the uh, bare minimum use at the bare minimum. You know, right. please, please, please. That's please, an please, investment. Please. And then their response was, no, no, guys, hey, you know, we're just testing the waters. We're just testing the waters. And so we're, we were saying, hey, come, 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 come closer to the beach. Come closer to the beach. <laughs> and, nice and instead of instead of coming closer to the beach, they said, no, 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 we hear you, we hear you, we hear you. And they're going further in the water, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as extreme as World of Warcraft where it's like 25 bucks for a pet. It's not that extreme. Uh, it's not as bad as is that a thing. Yes, they have. Wizard has done it before, and they do it currently with how much it, how much it costs for heroes and heroes of the storm. It's like ten bucks a hero, but this is still extreme. It's single use for one character only for a wild star mount. The time exclusivity, I don't mind so much, but I, I'm gonna have to agree with Indigo here, and not just because he's my co-host. Is I feel that if you combine the exclusivity with the price markup with the one character use. This is not incentivizing me to want to get it at all. In fact, this is kind of the issue I had when we were talking about the transition to free-to-play. Someone asked, well, are you guys going to quit the game now it's going to free-to-play? I'm like, I said, no. But what would make me really not feel comfortable is how they treat the players' wallets and how they treat consumer habits with future game updates and the cash shop. And I had assumed, personally, I think Indigo agrees with me here, that the not so much debacle, but the controversy surrounding the Z88 board 
and the Shades Eve Warpig were kind of a one-off deal. And they've typically been great about, yeah, we are listening, and we're going to take it into consideration. But I guess the consideration is, now nah, enough of you bought it already at 15 bucks. Here's another two mounts. Go, go for it. Just empty your wallets. Same, same deal applies. Only only one person. Yeah, no. Just go, go buy. Well, buy please go buy. I guess that's kind of... So my perspective on this is still somebody who has only played Wildstar, as far as MMOs are concerned. And for me, $15 seems like literally a wildly unfathomably high sum of money. I, I couldn't imagine spending $15 on a mount, which is basically a cosmetic improvement for something that makes me go faster that I already have. So that's kind of where my perspective is coming from. Now that I hear that WoW charges $25 for a mount. They had before, and people yeah. buy that shit. Is that something like they did at the beginning of their mount stuff? Or like they still no, do they, every once they in a while? No, they still do when they release a, a, a mount or pet. Right. But also by comparison, if you're going into other so, MOBA games, like say, or MOBA, even though it's the same, different, different genre, League of Legends Champions only really cost comparatively around five, six, seven bucks a pop. Okay, and elite skins, elite skins will cost fifteen, but they're they're super rare. Doesn't matter. So the my whole point is they're probably just doing that because that's what the players are used to, right? Like, doesn't that make sense? Yes. If WoW does that, if that's a thing WoW does, then people are probably used to it because WoW has a lot of people that play it. There's there, there's there's and a caveat there. Blizzard is. Well, excuse me, Doc. Please let oh, Indigo. Oh, he had his he, hand up. Your first. hand was raised, Indigo. Please continue. Please learn proper etiquette. Thank you. So, so Krug, you and I had this exact conversation last week. I went to a very large website that I really like to get news, to get some news information for Quarter Up. Right. And I went there and I said, oh, my God, they got rid of their entire navigation system. They don't Correct. have navigation. In. And what was your response? That's dumb. And you said, this is proof that we shouldn't do what larger companies do oh, oh, just oh, oh, because larger companies are doing you're, it. You're misunderstanding <laughs> I'm not saying that's smart. I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying that's probably why they're doing it. It makes their mindset make sense to me now. That's probably the mindset they have, right? Like, I'm not saying, hey, it's a really great idea for you to copy WoW, the game that has like umpteen million people that play it and you don't have umpteen million people that play it. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's probably what they're thinking. While we're doing this and WoW has umpteen million people, that probably means that we should do it too. And I still stand by that statement. Just because somebody enormous is doing it doesn't mean that you should do it too. Enormous people play, play by their own set of rules. Amazon doesn't have to follow website SEO. They're fucking Amazon. Any link that comes from an Amazon page is golden in the eyes of a search engine because it's Amazon. Okay. Now, I'm not saying lower the price because I'm poor. Or I'm unemployed and other people are poor and unemployed too. The reason I say maybe you guys should rethink how much you're charging it for and your limitations on it, I don't care about time exclusivity. That's fine. But I feel you put the other two factors into it, it's a little too much. If those items were cheaper, or if even were worth uh, Omnibits as well, but a ludicrously high amount of Omnibits, I think it'd be a more fair trade-off. But they were multi-claim, I believe you would actually see a higher volume of sales that would make up for the $5 loss per unit you would sell on it i believe personally that 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 typically tends to work and this is going to be somebody who's who's currently trying to figure that out on a really small scale like do you go for a product a really really premium product that you'll sell a few of and you might make you might make that that number you're looking for or do you lower the price make it more affordable and still still try to hit that quality as high as you can for everyone else to, to make it and you and 
hopefully get that much more sale revenue yeah. out of it. Are you are you doing quality or quantity? Call well, call. Here's the thing: this in this case, this isn't like Look, this as isn't as like cheaper like but shittier. Say, it's just as much as you'd like to say that like every product is better at any price. Like ninety percent of products can't be as good as the more expensive version of it. Like bottom line, money money gets shit done. So technically, in some cases, in in this case, you're right because. The quality and quantity is so okay. different with our teams and whatnot. I was going to say, like, Tylenol is all the with, same, but fuck it. It's a totally different thing. Apples and oranges. That's different. With 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 um, with um luck, it can be that way. So there are certain situations where you're like, oh, I fortunately have access to this. That's very lucky that I have access to this, and now I can make my product better. But not everybody in this industry. Hit. Like, all things being equal, money does money makes the quality. This specific situation, I, I don't... First of all, I think that they're adding any quality. I think they're just raising the price for no reason. I think it's going to be smarter for them to go to like a microtransaction model. Not this doesn't. This isn't a microtransaction model. This is just them selling cosmetic items through their game. Microtransactions are very specifically smaller in nature. These transactions are greater than a month of subscription when the game was you know pay to play. So I don't. I, I think microtransactions is something they should probably explore at some point. Because uh, they they need to they need to not drive people away with the cost of things like I, I, and maybe I'm wrong maybe a shit ton of people are buying I mean, twenty five dollars well it would have to be but, if, well, if we, we don't have numbers imagine. we don't we, we don't we have, have numbers. numbers we don't right. know anything and I doubt they're going to release and, I mean, numbers and, and the the conversation no, that no chat's way. kind of having is is like well it's possible that they may change it that it's no longer. Uh, single use and it can be uh, across all all your characters. no indication that that would one no indication that they're going to make that change they just said oh we're just experimenting two if they did that they would piss off so many people if they decided to change it and retroactively make it happen yeah. so you got one z uh z88 uh hoverboard well now all of your uh, characters have it if you had bought more than one, you're going to either demand a refund for at least some of them, and Carbine's not going to want to give people their money back or, or their coins back or whatever. So they're either going to have to take a hit on that, or you're going to have a whole bunch of people going, I would have bought that if it was multi, but because it wasn't, and you decided to change way after the line, and I don't have the option of getting that mount ever again, like, fuck you. Like, that's bullshit, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to... I haven't purchased anything on the cash shop whatsoever um, as of yet, even even with coins. I don't even think I've spent Omnibits. Uh, but I, I'm not liking the direction of the cash shop. I, I have to agree. And I, I said it before, everyone's like, yeah, this is that. But I digress. I, that's something I know we wanted to bring back again because it's still an ongoing topic in this community. So we put it in our two sets. Krug makes a very valid point that, you know what, these are premium items in that sense, and, and they're right. They're premium items. I guess we're no, 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 no. I don't think they're premium items. I think Carbine expects people to pay premium prices okay. based off of other games. Don't think they're premium items. Oh, I sorry. I, I, I'd assumed you were nothing, agreeing with yeah. that stance, but really, you're realizing no. that stance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just realizing that's what they expect. Yeah. Because WoW exists as a thing. Uh, I didn't have that piece of information before, but now that I do, I can kind of see their mindset. I still think it's dumb. And as a quick edit, obviously, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll most likely be done. But if you're listening live right now, you still have until Tuesday, which is, I believe, the... God, what time is it? The 17th before this event yes. ends. And you, will longer, you will no longer be able to get the Strange Snarf links or the Little Pony Ekbar. 
I just want to point out to everybody listening and everybody watching that my I got a new computer recently and I have forgot to set it so that it doesn't go to sleep. So my, <laughs> both of my screens just turned completely black and my heart just like dropped in its chest. I was like, what the actual fuck? And then I wiggled my mouth and I came back and I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, we're coming up on a little over an hour now. We yeah, figure yeah. this is the best time to end it for the audio portion. We are going to stick around and try some live streaming, some other stuff. But for now, Indigo, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at IndigoJonesQT. Uh, you can also in- email me at Indigo at QTimes.com. Uh, you can email all of us at S2S at QTimes.com. If you have comments, questions, concerns, just want to tell us how much Krug smells, just let us know. Send it to us there. Krug, where can people find you? You can find me at KrugQT on Twitter. You can also email me. That's my preferred method of communication. My email address is Krug at QTimes.com. That's C-R-O-O-G at Q-U-E-U-E-T-I-M-E-S.com. And as usual, you can always reach me through Smoke Signals. Yes, and as for me. Without you, Doc. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DocQT is the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, keep an eye out for some fun stuff in the future. I'll let you know what's going on. As the rest of us in Strange Hills from Outer Space, this is episode 70. 70. One big... plus 69. Uh, <laughs> we are Doc like Indigo and Krug. You guys have fun. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Oh my God. Okay, I didn't expect that one. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that one. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit the stop recording button on my Audacity because people don't. People don't. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. Boom. So it's a smaller file for Doc.